1: Welcome to Sunstein Sessions on iHeartRadio, conversations about issues that matter. Here's your host, winner of two Gracie Awards, Shelley Sunstein.
0: I want to tell you about a fantastic movie that you can now see on Netflix, and it actually opened in a couple of theaters before uh... it premiered on netflix and that is so that it could qualify for movie awards It's this technical thing that's in the business but it's very important because netflix being netflix they're out with several movies this year that really are extraordinary works and i am tough when it comes to scary movies because most scary movies don't scare me and there's a good reason why Everything is scary in a scary movie till you see what is scaring you. And for some reason with me, all of the scare goes out as soon as you see the scare. Well, there's a movie on Netflix now that keeps you scared till the end because you never see the scare. It's called Bird Box and it stars Sandra Bullock. And uh, with me is the director, Susanna Beer. Welcome. Thank you. Okay, so what happens in this film, a short description, is that there's an apocalypse on Earth, some presence, something invades, and when you see it, you then are compelled to kill yourself. Correct. We never see what this is in the entire movie. Brilliant, Susanna kept me scared till the end. So Sandra Bullock is blindfolded most of the time, in, or much of the time in this film, in order to protect herself from killing herself. All right, first of all, tell us how this film came to be. It's based on a book that I have not read, right? And how did you get involved in this and decide to do this particular project? <clears throat> Well, I got
2: a call about reading a script and uh, in the call was also Sandra Bullock's interest to, to star in it. And her and I have been kind of um, sort of talking about doing something together and and I read it right away and I got so fascinated by the story, by the notion and by her playing um, sort of the reluctant pregnant woman and the pretty harsh, unconventional mother. And um, yeah, so so I said yes, and it everything happened rather quickly.
0: So when the movie opens, the apocalypse is hitting overseas, but not yet the United States, and Sandra Bullock is pregnant, and she is about to become a single mom, and she is not feeling particularly maternal. And she's wondering if she's going to be a good mother at all if she's i mean she's basically in denial that she's even <laughs> pregnant i mean she has a bulging belly but she's pretty much in denial so this this movie just takes away all of the stereotypes that you would expect in a movie so you have that and and then well her her character develops under the worst of circumstances also comes to love Under the worst of circumstances. But I wanted to tell you who else is in the movie, but I'm not going to tell you their fates because that rolls out with the rest of the movie, which is Bird Box, which you can now see on Netflix. Um, You may, if you saw the wonderful Moonlight uh, that won so many awards last year, Trevante Rhodes. co-stars also John Malkovich who to me was playing John Malkovich you just felt this was a typical John Malkovich character he was he's wickedly funny he's just he's perfect he's just absolutely perfect BD Wong is in it Jackie Weaver who is extraordinary um it, it's just a it, it's a great cast Sarah Paulson plays Sandra Bullock's sister and um so, Neil McDonald. Right. And and so Tom you, Hollander. You you basically had a movie as soon as you knew that Sandra Bullock was interested.
2: Yes, I mean we had a movie. We had a movie that was going, but we also had to then cast it, and as you know, and we also had to make sure because of because of Sandra, you wanna you wanna surround her by equally strong performers, but with a very different coming from a very different uh, place, and uh, and that was the attempt, and it was all the attempt. You meet all those people, and they are kind of unlikely people she would have a relationship with, but throughout the course of of the movie, she developed some sort of um, um, unexpected friendship with a number of them. Right. Um, Were you, it was the book that compelled you? No, it was the script. I read the script first. Oh, okay. And then... Uh, a little, and then I decided to wait with the book because I came backwards. I kind of decided to stay back backwards until a, a number of things were kind of in motion. And then I read the book. And I was very relieved to, to, to realize that although there were um, huge differences, the heart of the book was exactly the same as the heart in the, in the script. And uh, I believe remained the heart of the movie as well.
0: A lot of, I, I don't know that, that, that most men are aware, but I think that in every woman, when you're pregnant, there's a part, f- pregnant for the first time, there's a part of you that worries, am I going to be maternal? I mean, it happened to me because- oh, For I, sure. Yeah. For sure. For sure.
2: I think it does happen to almost every w- woman, almost every woman, and I think, I think part of what what made me interested in 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 this particular movie was the uh, the possibility of actually describing pregnancy and also motherhood in a way which is um which is slightly more real i mean it's more controversial and it's pretty extreme because it's very extreme circumstances but um the fear of being a good mother but also the sort of aggressiveness with which the character Mallory, who is Sandra Bullock, protects her kids to the point where she doesn't name them because she wants to not become soft. She doesn't want to show the love. She doesn't want to feel the love because she knows that if she does that, they won't survive. So she's going to go to any length, any form of harshness, in order for them to survive. But and don't I think that's think, really compelling and interesting.
0: Don't you also think not naming the children, just calling them boy and girl, is a way of removing herself in the event, distancing herself in the event that the worst befell them? I think, no,
2: I don't think that that's why she does it. I think she does it because, she she needs to be harsh all the time. And by not naming them, they remain an entity that she needs to protect, but not little human being that she allows
0: herself to love. And she only does that pretty late. We're talking about the movie Bird Box. It's on Netflix now, and Susanna Beer is the director. The movie also makes you question what would you do under extreme life or death circumstances? You're not going to be the person you were pre-apocalyptic situation. And you don't know how you would react in that type of situation, or if you would want to even give up and die, because that's a hell of a way to live where you know that you could die at any moment. Uh, if if you see whatever it is that's causing people to commit suicide
2: you know i think one of the reasons why we want to watch apocalyptic movies or why kids are listening to fairy tales or which are, can be really gruesome and 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 horrific is i think i think we want to we want to entertain the notion of of that world, but we want to do it within a sort of safe my environment, which is two hours of a movie time or, or a tale, and and uh, for sure, part of it is 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 entertaining the idea of what would I do, how would I react, and and I think, I think for um, for a lot of people, that sort of what would I do and would I ever be as courageous as, as Sandra Bullock's character is. And I think it's interesting for me, she's like a badass contemporary female hero. She's not like the figment of male fantasy, but she's real. And um, and I, I would love to say that I would be as harsh and stern as she is. I, I, I doubt I would, but I would love to.
0: Well, now you worked very closely with Sandra Bullock, most of us just Kind of admire her from afar. What would most surprise us about Sandra Bullock? Um, I don't think you'd be
2: surprised by her brilliance or her her, her diligence. Uh, I think she's has a wonderful, childish sort of sense of humor, which you know at five o'clock in the morning is is both surprising and really rewarding. <laughs> Like she kind of and she's also like she's also like she come on to set and she will have uh, cookies for everybody like at uh, five o'clock or she do. She do really cute, weird, unexpected things, which are very, very endearing.
0: When she was on set, from what I read, she took risks that you didn't really want her to take. That she insisted on being more realistic than she really had to be. Well, she insisted on being blindfolded at all
2: times, so she would literally be blindfolded in the forest with the trees and branches, and and uh, and uh, and I want I can't say I didn't want her to take it, but I can for sure say that I was really concerned because she did hit branches and she did hit the camera, and uh, I mean she, it wasn't dangerous, but it was pretty daunting.
0: It's not, you know, there there are very few horror movies that win awards. Um Silence of the Lambs certainly. Are you concerned about awards or are you or is that just like gravy? Look, of-
2: I I I'm you know, of course one gets I mean, I've always had a kind of very um happy relationship with with awards. Look, one gets very happy. If it happens, happy and excited, and it's wonderful. Um, I really hope this movie is is gonna get me ma- like you. You you mentioned saying you don't get scared. I think a lot of women feel like that. A lot of women feel the way you do. That oh, whenever we see the ones that you kind of go, oh really? I, right. I it was so exciting before it came in. Now I kind of ah, oh. and so. I guess part of what I really want and would, which would be the ultimate reward would be if I could get a lot of women like yourself to actually feel the way you said you did, where they are scared and engaged and actually interested in a movie like this.
0: The end, again, I'm not going to give it away. It, it, the, the door is open to a sequel. Would you be open to a sequel? You
2: know at this point, when you just finished a movie, you should always be be wary of what you say because because <laughs> in a year's time, everything has changed when you know when it would have i don't know possibly um let's see let's get this one out and uh, <laughs> and then we'll talk about that
0: all right, completely switching gears here, and I'm speaking with the director of Bird box Susanna beer um much of this year, we have been consumed in this country with the Me Too movement and the Times Up movement. Any personal anecdotes you'd like to share with us about that? I
2: wish it would. I wish that movement faster would filter into the general perception of men and women. Yesterday, I was having breakfast, and there was a like four businessmen sitting at a table next to me, and I was writing on my iPad. And I was actually writing a letter to an exer about something. Um, and I was very concentrated. And this man leaned over and he said, oh, you look very concentrated. And I said, yes, that's right. And he then went on saying, are you writing your shopping list? And I was like, okay, can we please, can we please get to a point where the only thing a woman can do is actually go shopping? I mean, I was shocked by the fact that the perception is still so remote from the reality
0: did you tell him you're a director an award winning director <laughs> i i looked at
2: him and i was like i'm not going to i'm not going to i'm not going to engage with you you are too far away but it was i mean i just you know and I think, I, think, I think if you ask women generally every day, they have little stupid stories They're nothing of the sort of me too, but things that shows how far we are and, and how much we need to do still in order to, to, to get
0: things to a place where we want it to be. Exactly. I second your emotion completely, and I urge you to see, if you like horror movies, if you like apocalyptic movies, if you've had your fill of zombies, God knows we have, watch Bird Box on Netflix. But for God's sakes, don't do the Bird Box Challenge Don't blindfold yourself and do silly things. Don't do that. If you missed any part of this, you can catch up with my podcast, Sunstein Sessions. Just download the iHeartRadio app. And coming up, we switch gears. Imagine surviving abuse, cancer, and a paralyzing stroke. Mary Reed Hill did that and tells her story next, Q104.3.
1: Sunstein Sessions continues on iHeartRadio. Once again, Shelly Sunstein.
0: Good morning. I am sitting next to a very remarkable woman. Mary Reed Hill is a true survivor. She survived a very rough childhood. She survived cancer at the age of 22. She survived some pretty bad relationships with men. And then her biggest moment of survival was surviving a stroke that literally took away half her brain. And she was only 38 and at the height of her career as a visual artist. First of all, welcome. Thank you. And also joining us, uh, her co-writer uh, of a book, which is why Mary Reed Hill is here. The the book is in spite of how I survived abuse, cancer, and a giant blanking stroke. And David Tabatsky is also here with us.
1: Thanks for having us, Shelley. Thank
0: you. So Mary is a woman that does not take no for an answer, and what I wanted to concentrate on was your stroke, because one of the reasons I was looking forward to having you up here is that you have advice for other stroke victims and the medical professionals that you have to deal with. Yeah. So tell us the the stroke story, because that's really
3: phenomenal in and of itself. Scary. Yeah. Um, Well, when I had the stroke, I was uh, devastated. I was on my back for months and uh, the the medical profession are like, well, she has a stroke and it's been, you know, a year and she didn't get better. So get her off the, you know, the take, you know, go have a nice life and that's it. They sort of gave up on you. Yeah. And it was years before I can can get on my feet. And they, and that's what I wanted to tell everyone is, is if you if you wait, because it it takes a long time. I had a really bad stroke, so it took a really long time to get better. And the way you had a stroke is not what most
0: people envision. You were hanging, you were attempting to hang a sign that you created for a business because that was your business. You made signs, right. and. They gave you an unsteady ladder, didn't tell you that that ladder was problematic or was not the typical ladder that you would use to hang a sign, and you fell. Yeah. And that's what brought on the stroke, because I think that's unusual that that would happen in an accident situation. When you think of a stroke, you think of it, you know, as a medical condition because there's something else wrong in your body, you know, that it's a... Right, David? Right.
1: Yeah, it was um, unusual at that age, at 38. That's, yeah, still, I mean, that's 38. still on the low, that's definitely on the low end um, for a stroke. And usually if someone that age has it, it's because they have a pre-existing
0: right, right, condition
1: right. that affects it. I mean, Mary technically had a pre-existing condition having had cancer, but there's no direct correlation medically between cancer and having a stroke with that kind of you, you know 16-year gap in, in, in the middle. Um, it wasn't any result of, of immediate treatment. And to speak to what she was saying before about the medical community, most of us in America, especially, we look for immediate gratification. And I don't think doctors are any different. They're human beings just like everybody else. And the system is geared on a schedule. Insurance payments go on a schedule. Billing is on a schedule. And if you don't recover within that prescribed schedule mm. or something analogous to it, then you fall out of the system. And it's not built for a long view let alone long-term care.
0: So when they gave up on you what made
3: you not stop? I don't ever stop really that's it was only me I, I, I had to I had to go forward.
0: So what's the best advice you can give for first of all for stroke patients?
3: Keep your humor humor is Top-notch, because that's that's what gets you by, humor. And uh, some days you're bad. Some days you just don't move. But the next day, you get up. You have to get up every day. And you look forward to whatever you're doing. And have two people beside you.
0: You have your sisters here. So you need a support system, obviously.
1: Yeah, I don't think Donna and Andrea would ever do this again with another person. Um, <laughs> but their their love and support that I've seen firsthand in all my visits, and, and you can see evidence of it, uh, e- even when they're all <laughs> really just taking the piss out of each other. It, there's a lot of love and support. And that isn't to be trifled with. That's, that's deep, deep medicine. And that... Takes Mary to that place where she's talking about. Really, it's at the what we what we say where Mary resides on the corner of Hope and Humor, and literally the street is not named that, but that's really where she is living every day when she wakes up, whether it's a good day or a bad day. That's the address that she resides at.
0: What can the medical community do, Mary, that they're not currently doing, in your opinion?
3: They have to look at the people that are are have that have a stroke and look at them where they're going to be like in 5 years from now not in a year from now to to cuz it takes a long time cuz i t- i i used to, every day i would take up i would walk around my block every day like every day i would just do something to get better
0: were you ever without speech yes for how long Your sisters can answer, about a year. That's a long time. So you could understand, obviously, what people around you were saying, but what was going through your
3: head that you couldn't communicate with them? It's very frustrating. And you just have to, I just had to wait till I can get, till I got my speech back. But until then what was the first do you remember the first thing you said
0: uh, and it better not be a curse word because we, <laughs> we can't do that on the radio but, but well, that will eliminate knowing you through what book, said, right. knowing knowing mary reed hill through her book in spite of how i survived abuse cancer and a giant blanking stroke i would think maybe that blanking word was the first word maybe that you they
3: would, would want know. to say maybe they would know i don't really know what happened the first year? Well, it was just a, just a matter of curiosity. <laughs> you know what? For me, on top
1: of that, when when Mary could not speak initially, and you know, you you see sometimes on on uh, television movies where somebody is handwriting out right. what they want to say, Mary lost the ability to use her right hand, which, which was her and dominant and you're hand. right handed. Yeah. yeah, so you know, just to to hand to write you right. know anything out, she couldn't write any answers because she couldn't yet, she hadn't yet learned how to use her her left hand. That's a huge huge. Thing to relearn all that muscle memory when you're 38 years old to learn how to even spell your name with your left hand.
0: And ear. the fact that you're a visual artist. So you not only lost, you know, the, the right hand that you write with, you lost this is who you are. Yeah. This is how you made your living. Yeah. And this is what saved you from uh, a childhood that was not a good childhood. Right that it was the art that was your passion. And, and, you know, from what I read in your book, that, that saved you, that you, you discovered that not only as an outlet, but as a talent. Yeah. Now, are you able to create art with your left hand? Yes, to my book. Oh, okay. That's fantastic. So see, there's, see, that's what I loved about your book. It's, it's what, well, Jesse Jackson would say, keep hope alive. Keep you, hope alive. You have to keep hope. There's there's something better along the way. That's right. If, yeah. Oh,
1: Mary is living proof of that every day, even on her, uh, you know, the bad days that I've seen her. I call her and she goes, oh, uh, it's raining. I can't really, I feel crappy. I can't talk today. Um, she's already looking ahead, like, I'll ride this out and then, you know. When, when, when uh, the sun comes up, I'm, I'm right there, ready to roll. That's it. Um, and that desire and, and that stubbornness and that edge that would produce a word like effing, that's the spirit. That's who Mary is. That, that's what's driven her forward every day in the short term and even more important in the long term. Um, yeah, she's a tough cookie, and that's really got her where she is now.
0: Uh, You have to come over to the mic, yeah.
3: The fact that Mary never said no to anything, and as hard as it is, was for her to even get herself out of bed, she just every day was, okay, I made it through this day. Tomorrow's coming, and we have to make it through tomorrow. So it's not even that, it's just that you, you can't give up. Her motto, you just never give up, ever.
0: Mary, are you more or less optimistic? More. N- you're m- Why?
3: Because I can see everything that's in front of me. Before, I couldn't see anything. What do you mean? Well, when I was sick, I just thought, well, I live out my life. And I'll die. And that's it. And then now, I got better i got a few friends. I'm looking forward to everything.
0: Tell us about your typical day,
3: if there is a typical there day. No there is no typical day. There's no typical day in the life of Mary Reed Hill, a Bucks County PA. Well, I get up at 3, and I get my boyfriend's lunch and breakfast and get rid of him. <laughs> and then I'm, I might sleep for a half hour, and then I get up and do wash and dishes and laundry and maybe draw and stuff like that and go for a walk and take the dog for, out for, you know. How did you meet your boyfriend? Through, uh, the computer through, um, plenty of
0: fish. Plenty of fish. And at what point did you tell him about your disability?
3: Or was it right the, there on the right, site? It was right there. The what, first- did, what did, what did your, what your profile say? Um, Oh, it didn't say much. It just said, yeah, just, I I can't remember what was in there. It worked. It worked. Obviously. Obviously. Now, how did you, David, come
0: to know Mary and and then help her with this book?
1: Uh, Mary found me through an online literary agency, if you will, um, that I connected with, and she was looking... To find someone to help her finally tell her story she'd been thinking about it for for years you know how when things so dramatic like this happen in your life and people say oh my god you got to write a book about it but you know that kind of goes in one ear and out the other but over the years slowly but surely mary said to herself i really do have a story and i really do have something to offer people that can help them get better uh, when they're facing challenges it doesn't have to be a stroke or cancer specifically but something big and monumental like that. And she said, I do have something worthwhile to say. I just need someone to help me say it. And so that turned out to be me. And we had a, a great time. It was not always easy. I mean, there were some really painful moments for for Mary to relive through things, to, to revisit them, uh, to have somebody new come in and, and ask questions that she wouldn't normally of herself and her sisters aren't bringing it all up again, but to really probe more deeply into the core of the story and, and really what makes her tick. Um, and then we also decided to provide in each chapter a bit of science so that people understand just some of the baseline parameters of what these conditions are and how they affect our bodies, our minds, our spirit um, on any given day. And so, yeah, here we are.
0: Okay, so I can see a movie coming out of this book. (laughs) Can you? Yes. (laughs) Who would you want to play you?
3: Annette Bening.
0: Oh, that would be a good choice. There's a similarity, too. This would be a great role for Annette. Maybe she would win her Oscar. (laughs) You know, she she is Oscar-worthy, in my opinion. Maybe she just hasn't been in the right role. You might yeah.
1: even ask, Walt. maybe uh, Warren Beatty can play her, her boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> that
0: could be. That could be. So um, we're, we're going to wrap up. Um, is there anything else you want to tell our listeners, Mary?
3: I just, people who have, have strokes or anything like disabilities, we're a special group. We're our own group. We have to stick together. So and it reach out to people that that have a stroke or, or a disability. Connect with them because that's a good way to go forward.
0: And it just shows what a strong support system can do, but also what you can do as an individual by just not having no in your vocabulary. Right. Right. Just I can do
1: it. <laughs> Not a And I could do it on my terms. Right. I may not do it on your terms or at your speed or the exact way you like, but I I can do it in a way that's meaningful for me and surprisingly useful for you, whoever you are. Well,
0: thank you both. And again, the name of the book, you can get it at Amazon, in spite of how I survived abuse, cancer, and a giant blanking stroke. And I hope we gave some of you some inspiration this morning because Mary is definitely an inspiring woman. Mary Reed Hill, thank you so much, and David Tabatsky. I'll see you guys tomorrow morning on the Jim Kerr Rock and Roll Morning Show, Q104.3. and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun.
1: Sign up now at
0: chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. VTW group void We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up.